Hello and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Words of Welcome, the teaching ministry of Welcome Baptist Church, Heathfield. Uh, we're carrying on uh, thinking about the life of Jesus. Um, and I think since, since the beginning of this year, we've been looking at Jesus' teaching through the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus uh, takes common uh, sayings and practices by the people of Israel. And he, he says the phrase, you have heard it said, but I tell you, because they'd taken God's law and God's word and they'd warped it, they twisted it and changed it into their own thing, rather than this, uh, the freedom that God wanted to bring these people through the law, they'd made it constricting and they'd made it rigid and uh, whatever the opposite of compassionate is. Um, and so we're, we're continuing to think about Jesus' uh, teaching. And in uh, chapter six, which is where we're starting out today, Jesus carries on drawing from the Old Testament, but it's a little bit different now. So what he's going to be talking about is about their religious practices, their worship to God, their devotion to God that, was, uh, that took the form of uh, giving to the needy through prayer and through fasting. And so in this section, Jesus doesn't do the, you have heard it said, give to the needy, but I tell you, do not give to the needy. That's not what's going on. But he is drawing on the Old Testament, wanting to uh, correct the practices that are going on, because although they are doing these things of giving to the needy, of praying and fasting, their hearts and their attitudes have become really skewed. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. This verse sets up everything that follows it through this chapter. And I mean, you can, it's kind of fairly obvious what it is. So the the bit that we're looking at this morning uh, is uh, verses one to four, which is about giving to the needy. So in giving to the needy, they're practicing this righteous act of giving to the poor and to the needy in front of everyone for the whole world to see their goodness. And then the section after that is about prayer. And their prayers to God are long-winded and eloquent, but kind of say nothing because they just want to sound really smart and clever in front of other people. Then the section after that about fasting, they make themselves look pale and gaunt and I've not eaten my breakfast this morning, oh, life's so hard, because they want everyone to know that they're fasting. And Jesus finishes off the section by saying, stop storing up your treasures here on earth, store up your treasures in heaven. So again, linking back to this idea, you're getting all your reward on earth because everyone can see the good works that you're doing, but actually you're you're neglecting the one you're supposed to be doing them for. So this verse, chapter six, uh, chapter six, verse one, is really important to set up everything that follows. So let's read through the section we're going to look at today. So be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that in your giving, uh, so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your father in heaven who sees uh, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
again, Jesus is drawing from the Old Testament. These practices and the practice of giving to the needy was one of devotion. It was part of their righteousness that they wanted to give to the needy and not just that they wanted to, they were commanded to. The Old Testament has a lot to say about giving to the needy. Andy really helpfully pointed out last week how we can easily characterize God as being different in the New Testament compared to the Old Testament. And when we read the law in the Old Testament, there are some really difficult bits. But actually, it's so clear. God's heart and his compassion for people is there. There's whole sections on an idea of jubilee, which is about every seven years, releasing people from their debt and anyone who's come under hard times, giving them freedom from that. And as part of that in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 15, verse 11, it says, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you. So God commands his people. He doesn't suggest to them. He doesn't say, wouldn't it be lovely if? He says, therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. I, I think that phrase is so beautiful. Be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites. It was only this morning as I was, as I was thinking about this verse that thinking about what this means compared to this. Because we know what the opposite of being open-handed is. It's being tight-fisted, isn't it? Potentially we know people who are tight-fisted. This is a symbol of strength. This is power. This is strong. This is authority. This is humility. This is weakness. This is being open to others. What the people of Israel were being called to and what we're called to is to be people who are open-handed. And boy, that's tough, isn't it? When our world wants this, we are called to be this. So Jesus is talking about a practice that is not unknown, not uncommon. And it is being done. The Israelites, the, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, they are doing this. They are giving to the needy. But the way they do it is with fanfare. Can you imagine? Sunday morning, we're singing our worship song. The offering bag is going around. Offering bag gets to Roger Stevenson. All of a sudden, he brings out his giant check. He has to fold it up pretty small to get it into the offering bag. How jarring that would be. How interrupting to our worship. But that's the illustration that Jesus gives. Jesus is being funny here. I don't think this is a literal thing that they're doing. They're not literally bringing a fanfare of trumpets. But it gives the impression we know what it is, the practice that is going on by this. And Jesus does talk about in, in other places and in Luke chapter 20, he says, beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus goes on to tell um, the story of the widow's offering, where a widow just gives a couple of small copper pennies into the offering, compared to the rich and wealthy people around who are putting so much money in. We can see, we can imagine these practices that are going on. 
the way that people are giving to the needy. Again, this was meant to be an act of devotion to God. This was part of their worship, but all they're doing is pointing to themselves. And it doesn't say here specifically that these, um, in the passage that we're looking at, that it was the, the religious leaders, but the passage in Luke, it is quite clear. It's the religious leaders, it's the Pharisees, it's the teachers of the law. And if those of authority, the people we look up to, in terms of what our religion is meant to look like, if they're doing that, well, then everyone else is going to follow, thinking, well, this is how we do it. Well, I want to have some acclaim. I want some recognition. They're not the only ones who've put a great deal into the offering plate. It seems so far-fetched almost, but this is what they were doing. And even in the church that I grew up in, so this was actually before I was born, so a while ago, but a story that I, I heard of a, a man, every time the offering plate or the offering bag was passed around, he'd always very strangely get an itchy head. And so every time he just needed to scratch his head just before the offering bag came round, just so happened, and he couldn't use his other hand, he had to use the one with his 10 shilling note in, I think it was. We love recognition, don't we? We love to be seen to be doing good things. But this was their worship. One of the ways I find really helpful to think about worship, what worship is, is part of its, its root word is about worth. We talk about God being worthy to be praised. We say about worthy is the lamb. And it's about where our priority is. We hold all sorts of things with different sorts of value, but when we come to God in worship, it's to say all of these other things fall well below where you are, God. He is number one. He is worth more than my car and my job and my family and my house and, and all these other things and all of our desires. When we come to God, we say, you know what? As good as some of these other things are, you are way better. You are so much better. You take priority. And so when we worship, we're pointing our all towards God. And in giving to the needy, that was part of their worship. And I think there's a number of things going on when giving to the needy. Partly, it's a command. And so it shows obedience. It shows that we believe God is worth listening to. It shows humility that we're willing to make ourselves weaker. Money is one of the things I think most universal throughout history that has been desired. Throughout history, some sort of currency has been as such a desirable sought after thing. But we're willing to say, you know what? I offer this back. I recognize actually all, of good, all good things come from God anyway. And so I am willing to offer it up and I give it back. In giving to the needy, we see someone made in the image of God who for whatever reason has fallen on hard times, who isn't able to live as God wants them to. And so we recognise God's image in someone. We say we want to do something about that because we want to point them back to who God is. In being open-handed, we rely on the strength of God because maybe I won't have the money for all the things that I want. But you know what? I trust in God's strength rather than in my own. And in giving our money to the needy, we recognize that God's 
use for these things are probably a higher priority than my own, than the new phone that I want, than the new coat, than the, the McDonald's or, or whatever it is that we spend our money on. In giving something back and giving to the needy, we recognize, you know what, God's so much better than any of these earthly things that I could store up. And so in giving to the needy, we point towards God as being number one priority, top over all, over everything else. But this practice of worship had become one that was all about them. Rather than being something that was humbling of humility, it was grandizing. Thank you. <laughs> it made them look so good. It wasn't about um, recognizing the humanity in someone else. They didn't care who the needy person was. They were, wanted all eyes on them. Rather than being obedient to God with their heart, they were just doing it in action. They had all the praise coming to them. So rather than worship being directed towards God, worship was being directed towards them because of their good, righteous actions. It's so easy, isn't it, to want that. As much as we, we want to do good things, we also want recognition for it. And we live in a world where that is really clear. I'm guessing none of you spend quite as much time as I do scrolling through YouTube. But a bit of a trend that I have, have just come across, this isn't something that I've searched for, but I see these videos come through quite often, is the ones of, I'm gonna give a thousand dollar tip to my server. Or one on the right, I gave $20,000 to homeless people. And they've got these very emotive videos of, you know, the waiter at the restaurant crying. And, and they often are accompanied by interviews, which are a bit kind of convoluted. They're like, oh, has anyone given you a $500 tip before? To which the answer is, well, no, obviously not. Well, no, because you're so wonderful. You gave me this. So There's something on the surface which is, which is good. And there is something on the surface which we which we want to see in our world of generosity, of open-handedness. But beneath that, we know there are videos which are being viewed for likes. We know there are videos that are, are being monetized, that the more people who watch their videos, the more money they make. And all of this comes not from a place of humility, or vulnerability, it comes from excess. Like the religious leaders were, they gave money that they'd gained from devouring the houses of women, and they gave a small portion of that back to God. I mean, what's to be praised in that? They gave out of their excess. There was no sense of which, you know what, this makes me more reliant on you, God. And these people, they give this money because they've made so much money from the videos that they already make. The key difference is these people aren't claiming to be religious leaders. These people aren't people who are claiming to be the forefront of our Christian faith, but they are cultural leaders. These are people who are shaping the culture that we live in. And I think it's such an interesting thing because I think I truly believe we live in a culture that wants to see good being done. We do want to see the needy helped out, but we also really want to get the recognition when we do that. We really want people to know that, you know, I gave that massive tip to that person. I was the one who helped out that homeless person. I give this much to charity or whatever it is. We live in a culture where there is that 
that desire for reward, the desire for the arrows, at least partially, to be pointed towards us, to people to recognize our goodness and our righteous acts. And this idea of reward, I think, is quite an interesting one because it comes up a number of times just in the the four verses that we're looking at. So in verse one, it says, if you do, uh, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. Um, Then further on, it says, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And finally, um, then your father who sees what is done in secret, secret will reward you. Now, I understand what it means to be rewarded when, you know... When I show you my bank statement at the end and you see how much I give to charity, I I will know the recognition because you will tell me how great I am. You will then, I understand that sense of reward of being told, oh, Andy, you're so generous. What a wonderful person you are. I get that kind of sense of human reward and human gratification we get. But I've always found it a bit boggling, this notion of what's the reward that that God gives me? You know, it says that... um, your father in heaven who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And I've often thought, you know, does that mean like a nicer car in heaven? Like a chocolate bar? Like what, what is the reward system that God is working on? And it's been really helpful for me thinking through this idea. Because, so when I grew up in Sunday school, I had to learn memory verses. And the reward for, for learning a memory verse was to get a sticker. And my Bible was covered in stickers. And so the reward for me was the sticker. It did not matter what the verse was. I could have been told to learn anything, but the reward was a sticker, therefore it was worth it. Or if I went to the dentist and I didn't need fillings, the reward was a lollipop. What a great reward for going to the dentist. For anyone who's a musician, maybe you were bribed with, you know, you practice for an hour every night and we can go for a cinema trip at the end of the week. We get so focused on this sense of reward being the token thing, that we forget the far greater reward that is on offer. The fact that for me, learning memory verses was that I was reading the Bible and and ingesting scripture. What an incredible reward that was. The fact that my teeth are in good condition, that I don't live in pain, that I can't, you know, if I couldn't eat really cold things or really hot things because my teeth were so sensitive, boy, I would long to be able to have that and I would not care about a lollipop but the lollipop seemed the most important thing. To be able to be an accomplished musician, to play the piano really well. The cinema trick fades away, but the the accomplishment of being able to be an accomplished musician, what a reward that is. And when we're told about being rewarded, what an incredible reward that we can point others towards who God is. God Almighty, maker of heaven on earth, who has compassion, who has care, who loves the poor and the needy. I've always been so focused on, well, you know, what's the reward going to be? No one else, no one on earth has seen what I've done. So how is God going to reward me that I've completely missed the point that what I've been able to do is to put God as priority and hopefully point someone else in even a tiny way towards who he is? What an incredible reward that is. I recently found this on the internet. Stop worrying about what other people think. I mean, have you met other people? They're awful. It's possibly overstating things, but when I think about the notion of trying to impress you lot compared to trying to do something for God, you guys are awful. (laughs) 
what I, what I would love for my heart's desire to be, to always look to who, what God wants me to do. Not looking out for you or anyone else in the world. Because in comparison, it just pales into insignificance. And the, the minute or the two minutes where I have a happy glow of like, mm, Andy thinks that I'm really good or that I'm really generous or boy, that's really nice. That fades, that disappears. But the fact that I can continue to point towards God Almighty, that I can know him as my priority in my life, that's eternal, that's big. So as we, as we give to the needy, as we give to the poor, let's remember what our focus is. The way Jesus puts it is, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. This is something that has sometimes been used to become a new religiosity. We never speak about it. Husbands, don't tell your wives what you're giving. Wives, don't tell your husbands what you're giving. Never discuss these things. And we can, be, we can end up with this kind of strange new religiosity where we never mention the fact that we give to the poor. I mean, I think that is something to be celebrated. I recently had to do a tax return for the first time in my life. I did a tax return. It sounds like maybe I've been avoiding taxes. It's the first time I've needed to do a tax return. Um, and on it, I could offset some of my tax to money I give to charity. So I was like, oh, fantastic. There's a few charities I, I give to by direct debit. My left hand didn't know my, what my right hand was doing. And it turned out that neither my left or my right hand were doing anything. Because what I'd done, I'd moved house and I hadn't updated any of the, the information. And so the money had stopped coming out of my account. What Jesus is not doing here is um, drawing us towards ignorance. He wants us to be intentional. And the, the problem was that I'd become so complacent with giving was that actually it turned out I wasn't giving at all. So let's be thoughtful. Let's use our giving as part of our worship. Because just being complacent doesn't really point towards God either. Actually, as Andy said, when we were taking up the offering, this is part of our worship. It's something that we want to do humbly with our hearts directed towards God, not looking for the praise ourselves. And let's seek out that greater reward that God has in store for us. Let's seek out that great reward of pointing other people towards him and pointing our lives towards him. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they gave to the needy, but they did it like this. They did it with such a tight fist. Wouldn't it be amazing if we collectively, as God's church here on earth, as the body of Christ, we're known as people who lived our lives like this, Amen. who are always willing to help people out, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's you know, other things. Let's seek to be living like this open-handedly, always willing to give out. Because God is worth it. He is worth it. So I'm going to leave a little bit of space just for you to reflect, to think about this. Maybe it's a, the fact that you need to consider, actually, I'm, I'm giving out of selfish ideas. Maybe it's the fact of I'm not giving at all and maybe I need to start to. Maybe it's because you've become a bit like me and you've just become complacent and you're not quite sure what you're giving or who you're giving to.
But let's bring all of this towards God as part of our worship because he is worth it. So I'm going to be quiet, then I'll, I'll close with a prayer before the band come up. Lord, there are so many things that draw our attention and pique our interest and get our desire going. But Lord, help you. We want you to be our number one desire. Father, in a world that, that maybe does do good things, but does it for its own self-interest, Lord, help us to be people who do it because we want to point towards you because we know you are greater than any of these other rewards. Lord, help us to be known as people who are open-handed, who have such desire to care for humans made in your image, Lord God. Father, if there are specific things in our lives which, which easily overtake priority, that become our number one, Lord, help us to identify those things and help us to know what we need to do to put them back into place. Lord, redirect our hearts where, where they've gone astray. The places that we're, we're just looking for our own self-interest rather than seeking your good and your light in this world. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Welcome. For new episodes and more, please visit welcomebaptistchurch.uk.